Praise the Lord. If you have noticed very carefully this day, you will find that God was ministering to us continuously right from the opening. And I'm going to show you slowly how the Lord is in this place even before we came here. Amen. I'm still going to continue my study, our study on the life of faith, which was started 2016. I've titled today's message as Battle Fatigue and the Life of Faith with God and God Alone. With God and God Alone. That's the title that I have taken. Let us turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. We will read the first six verses. Genesis chapter 15, the first six verses. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the stewards of my household is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but, the, but he that he shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look towards the heavens and tell the stars, if thou be numbered, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and it, he counted it for righteousness. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that this afternoon you will open the understanding of our hearts, that we may understand the scripture today. Unfold the scriptures to us, Lord God. The things that are, writ that are hidden from our sight for years that we have been reading, I pray that you will open it today for our, all of us. Father, many of us have had busy weekends, a lot of things to do with our children and with ourselves at our work, but our minds are crowded with so many things, Lord. Father, it's very easy that as we come here today, we, will be, we, are, we jump out of the situation and we are not able to concentrate. So I pray in the name of Jesus, Father that your children will take every word that comes to them, Lord God, and let none fall to the ground. Father, I pray that there will be no disturbance, no matter whatever it be, Lord God, take it away. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come and take control of this time, and I pray that every word will bring forth fruit in our lives. Give us the grace never just to be hearers, Lord God, but to be doers of your word. That's all that we ask you. We ask you to take this word and let life be formed in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If we go to the slide two, I'll just give you a re full recap of what took place in the last uh, several months. We discovered that in May 2016... That was the first message. It was a message of the journey of faith that we did. Then later on in November 2016, we seen how to avoid making bad decisions in our life. And then in December 2016, we seen how to walk by faith. And then again in February 2017, how victory comes through faith we seen. And in March 17, we see in the battle exhaustion and a life of faith, fear not. That was a part one. I'm doing part two today on the same topic, which I've titled it as battle fatigue and the life of faith with God and God alone. Many times we start with God, but then we end up with man. We all start off very well with God, but somewhere down the line, we let go of God and we hold on to man. So that's the reason I made sure that I put with God 
and with God alone right through this journey into eternity. Amen? We discovered that the life of faith now we live, we live with the faith in the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. Galatians 2.20. And I brought Galatians 2.20 in all the six, five messages that I've spoken before. That our faith is in Christ alone in God. Amen. This life of faith is conceived by the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost in us. By the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost. Many people want the power, but they do not want the presence of the Holy Spirit to go with them. So you need both to be in you. Amen. We need to thank God for the life of faith that we are now living, but we should not live it in it in our own strength. But we should live it in the power of God through the Holy Spirit. But the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Today I want to continue this journey of faith and discover some truths that will help us to live a victorious life of faith that relates to battle exhaustion. And we are all at some given time, we face some type of battles in our life and we become tired, we grow weary and we are going to look at it and let us now go back, keep your Bibles open and let us open to Genesis 15. I request you, if you have your phones, if you could just put it on silent please, I'll give you a few seconds. I remember last time when Pastor Lakin asked us this, and there was only about 2 or 3% of, of us who took our phones and put it on silent. Because in the house of God, we need law and order. So I beg you, take your phones, let it be on silent. Only if God calls you, you answer it. But if he calls you, you're going home. Okay, be ready for that also. Okay, have you done that? Amen? Okay. We find now in Genesis 15 verse 1 that God appears to Abraham in order to assure Abraham of his faithfulness towards God. God is now coming to Abraham to assure Abraham of the faithfulness that Abraham. Let us go verse by verse. Let us look to verse 1. If you have your Bible, if somebody is sitting without a Bible, please, I ask the person beside you, just share the Bible with that brother or sister. Verse 1. It begins with, after these things. Look at that verse. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, fear not. After these things. So what is the meaning after these things? What are these things that God is talking about after these things? Number one, Abraham believed God and he started to follow God. And the first place that led him was in the land of famine. Believing God, trusting God. And where he comes, he comes to a land of famine, the first place. So in our journey with God, sometimes we'll take you into a land of famine, but we should not be afraid. The second thing that we see, not only leaving famine, now the second test for Abraham is he comes to a place where there is a misunderstanding between his nephew Lot and him, and now there's a problem. The second thing is they have to part company. It does not end there with this man of faith. And the third test comes that now he finds himself, he had to fight against four kings in order to, to rescue his nephew Lot. He has a fight with four kings. And just to take back what was lost. Now Abraham is alone. I want you to figure this out. The man left everything, followed God, comes to a land of famine. The man now stands in between a disagreement with fa family issues, parting company. The third issue, the man now faces four kings, not ordinary people. And he must be wondering, if you were in that situation, what would you do? Now Abraham is all alone. He's tired. He's really tired of what is happening around him. Number one, Abraham is exhausted physically. Totally exhausted. Number two, Abraham is exhausted mentally. Number three, Abraham is exhausted emotionally. And fourth, 
now comes Abraham is exhausted spiritually. I want you to imagine this. What would you do if you are in a situation like this? There's nothing more devastating than being completely exhausted and you are now alone. I want you to imagine that you are alone. What happens to a person when he is alone, when he goes through all this, all this tremendous thing that is beating upon him from all sides? The first thing is you start to have, your mind starts to run wild. You start to think crazy things. You start to think negative things. Everything is now becomes negative in you. You go into a time of depression. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to have any fellowship with anybody. You pull yourself away and then slowly you say, I even don't want to go to church also. Can you just leave me alone? I'm in this time of depression. That's what you will do. Abraham is all alone. Now you start to begin to think. You go one more step further and I want to show you why this happens. You start thinking nobody cares for you. Immediately you throw those arrows at your family. You throw those arrows at your cell members. You throw those arrows at your church members. And you say, I think nobody cares for me. I'm all alone. Nobody understands what I'm going through. And now you're facing this all alone. You have a nagging voice inside you telling you, you have made a mistake living a life of faith. You have made a mistake by walking in a blameless life before God. That voice says, look, where have you been? Where have you gone? You live for this God of yours and see what it has done for you. That voice starts to play in your mind. Look at the way you were in your office. You were a righteous man. You were a righteous woman. And look what it got you now. Nothing. You are getting nothing out of it. And that voice starts to echo continuously. And you think, God, I've lived a righteous life. Among all these people, I have lived a pure life. And then the voice says, but what has it got you? It's getting you one mess into another mess, into another mess, and you're totally in a mess continuously. And that voice starts to go deep and deep within you. The devil does that. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. And we have to be careful whose voice we listen to. When we are struggling with battle fatigue and there is only one person that you should run to or that you should turn to to receive strength so that your, your mind can be clouded of this doubt so that he could bring you back and that one person is God and God alone. Can I hear an amen? amen. Only God you have to run to. I beg you, don't run to anybody else because they can only give you for a short time. But learn to run to God and sit at his feet. Remember, we need a word from God when we are going through a situation like this. And you need to ask God, God, I need your word. Can you speak to me today? I am tired of what I'm going through. And there are three important points that I want to show you that God will assure you of in Jesus' name. Number one, the assurance of God's presence. He says, my presence will be with you. Number two, the reassurance of God's promise in your life. And number three, the reassurance of God's purpose in your life. I'm going to dwell upon these three important points. Number one is presence. Number two is promise. And number three, the purpose of God in your life. Number one, let us look at the reassurance of God's presence. And let us go back again to that same scripture of Genesis 15. And let us turn, look at our Bibles, please. I request you, if you have a pen, we are going to look deep into the scriptures. Let us dig deep. When you go deep, you will get pearls. And let us look, go, let's go back to the scripture. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Doesn't that word sound a bell to you now? From the promise of today? If you were very careful to see, you would have found a, 
Our Father in the Lord opened today's uh, service with Psalm 71, verses 1. He spoke about that God will never put us to shame. If you were here, you would have seen that. He will never put you to shame when you put your faith in God. And now, there are two things that I want to show you from the scripture of Psalm 15, uh, Genesis 15, verse 1. Number one, God's presence assures me of my safety. God's presence assures me of my safety. Listen to the word what God said to Abraham. Abraham, I am your shield. The dictionary word for shield is one who guards, one who protects, one who defends. One who guards, protects and defends. So in other words, God is telling Abraham, I am the one who guards you. I am the one who protects you. I am the one who will defend you in whatever be the situation. Perhaps, why is God talking to this about this to Abraham? Because God knows our thoughts. We may not voice our thoughts to anybody. We may not even tell our loved one our thoughts. But God knows your thoughts. Do you know God even knows your address? Do you know that? Yes or no? Yes. He told Ananias, go. He told the place where Paul was living also. So he knows your address. If he knows your thoughts, he knows your address. He knows where you are also. So be very careful. God knows the exact situation. Don't tell Lord, you do not know what I'm going through. He says, I know your address. I know your thoughts. Look at it. God knew Abraham's thoughts because now Abraham was worried about the four kings thinking that they will come with reinforcement to destroy him. God wanted to assure Abraham that he had nothing to fear because God was watching over his going and his coming. There are many times that we face threatens of safety. There are many areas that we are faced with and will cause us to wonder, where is God in this where I am? Number one, we may face financial difficulties that threatens the safety of our household due to some fault, not of yours. Maybe it's not your fault, but for some reason you're having a trouble. Sometimes, and I know it's true because I myself, I'm walking through this journey. You might have a salary cut. They might tell you your salary is cut for the moment. We are going to lay off stuff. We are going to send you back home. But I want you to hold on to God's word. He says, I am the God who supplies all your needs. No matter what your office is trying to do against you, you put your faith and your hope in God. Amen. He will never put you to shame. Today's scripture we started with. Number two, it might be a physical sickness that threatens your safety and your health and your life is now in danger. Remember that God is our healer. Amen. He can heal your broken body. He can even heal your broken life. It might be that you are facing a family problems at home and that threatens the welfare of your family. Remember, it was God who instituted the family. God brought you and your wife or your husband together so he will take care of your home. Don't be worried what's happening to your children. It is, they are his children. They are not yours. You are just caretakers. Just be a faithful caretaker and tell God, I'm having a hard time with my son. I'm having a hard time with my daughter. Can you come and take control right now? And he will do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The list, I can go on with a list and on and on, regardless of what threatens your safety. But I want to assure you of one thing. God is your shield. Can you tell your neighbor that God is your shield? Amen. Amen. I want to show a scripture to show you that God is your shield. Let us turn to Psalm 3 and look at verse 1. Psalm 3 verse 1 and let us see what the scripture says. Lord, Lord, yes, brother. Psalm three, verse one. Uh, when he fled from Absalom, his son. Psalm three, verse one. Lord, Lord how are they increased? Increased that trouble me. Hmm. Many are they that rise up against yes, me. Yes. Here, the psalmist is saying, God, look at what's happening around, right around me. Hmm. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him from God. The people around you are saying, you have no help. There's nothing going to happen to you. I want you to see that word. There's a word, Salah. Have you seen that? 
Is that in your Bible? Okay, look at that word. You'll find this in, in King James Version. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Amen? The psalmist is saying, those, Lord, those people that are, are, are an increase that are saying bad things about me. But I like that word, Silah. Sometimes when we read the scripture, many years when I used to read the scripture, I used to bypass this word because I thought that it had no meaning until I started to study what's the meaning of it. And the word Salah means pause and think. When you're going through trouble, the psalmist has put there, pause and think. The psalmist is saying, God, I want to stop for a minute here and I want to reflect about your goodness in the past. Maybe now I'm going through a trouble. But I want to remember your goodness in the past. How you brought me through all the troubles and the dangers. Through trials that you have brought me through. I want to reflect on the time. That how the, when the adversaries raised up against me. You put a standard and you put a wall around me Lord God. I want to remember. I want to remember. I want to remember that you were and you are my shield for even eternity. Amen. I like that beautiful song. My glory and the lifter of my head. Do you know that? Can we sing it? My glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. My glory and the lifter of my head. Amen. For thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his hill. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. For thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. My glory and the lifter of my head. Let us give a clap offering unto him. Do you know why I made you sing that song? When you are going through problems and you are having all these things crowded around you, just go on your knees and worship God. Take scripture and read back scripture to him with worship and everything will come crumbling down in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God that he is our shield today. Can I hear an amen? amen? One more scripture, Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalm 5 verse 12. Psalm 5 verse 12. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous Amen. with favor and wilt compass him as with a shield. And God will compass him, will surround you. A shield will be around you. That's what's compassing. All around you, there will be a shield that no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what is the shield of God? That's the question. What is the shield of The shield of God is the favor of God in your life. That wherever you go, you will have favor with man. You will have favor or with God and God alone. He'll become your favor. My second point is in the same scripture, 15 verse 1. And look at what it says, the second part. Abraham, I am thy exceeding great reward. I am thy exceeding great reward. Abraham now might have been thinking or reflecting. Was it right that I refused the gift from the king of Sodom. Because the king of Sodom offered him, offered him gifts. But he refused it. Now Abraham must be thinking, sitting alone. Oh, I think I have done something wrong. And when you go home, look at scripture four, uh, chapter 14 verses 21 to 23. You can do, read it at home. Where Abraham refused to take anything. And now Abraham could have been thinking, I should have taken that. Maybe that could have been of a help. He may be saying to himself, I have served and followed God all these years. What do I can show for it? There's nothing that I can show for it. Up to now, nothing. Up to now, nothing. What is my life for living to faithfulness before God? I have nothing to show. 
You might be facing temptations, my brother or my sister, sometimes in your office, especially for salespeople. Be careful. You might be offered a bribe. And maybe at that given time, you need money to pay for your school fees. Maybe for some exam. Be very careful, all salespeople here. God is your rewarder. Maybe the, that time, whatever's coming for you, may be very really needed. But don't stretch forth your hand. You remember what Pastor Sean said once before, where he had a chance, but he gave it back. So be careful, all of you. You must learn to remember God's promises to you that he is the God who will supply your need, no matter what be it. Amen? If we would be honest and if we were to confess that we are struggling, we might ask this question, what is my reward for living a life of faithfulness? What is my reward? What is it for me? But there's only one answer to your question. The Bible says, I am your reward. And not just your reward, I am your exceeding great reward. Amen. Our reward from God is a loving and abiding reward, even for eternity. Amen. The reward that we get for our faithfulness is our life everlasting with God and with God alone for eternity. That's the greatest reward that you will get in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Here are times that we live and only God can assure us of our presence is that protection and the reward for our life of faithfulness. My second point I want to share quickly is the reassurance of God's promise. Verses 2 to 6. Let us quickly look at Genesis 15 verses 2 to 6. The Bible says, And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go child, childless? And the steward of my house is Elias of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall, be, this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be than air. And he brought him forth for abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it for him for righteousness. Amen. Abraham was now concerned about the promise of God concerning a child. Now he was started to wondering. All these things are now playing in the mind of Abraham. That's what I want to show you. When you go through trials, be careful what you think. This is what was going through Abraham. Abraham was, was looking at himself and he realized that he and Sarah were getting old. And what is going to happen to this promise? How is this promise going to be fulfilled in our lives? We are getting old. When we face unfulfilled promises in our lives, let us see what we can do about it. Genesis 15, verse 2. Look at the verse, what the Bible says in verse 2. God, what will thou give me? Look at that verse. God, what will you give me? He's saying. The first lesson that we must learn to, to, uh, to, when we are facing unfulfilled promises. Number one, you must learn to ask God. You have to be honest with God. You have to be honest by asking God. That's what Abraham said. I have no children of my own. What are you going to do about it, God? I don't have a child. God looks. He's saying to God, it looks like this servant of mine is going to be the heir for my, all my estates. After all, Abraham and Sarah were getting too old and time was running out. So Abraham started to get a little worried. Have you ever been there? You're waiting for your son to return. You're waiting for your daughter to return. You're waiting for that, for that payment to come. You're waiting for, for the healing to take place. You're waiting for so many things for your marriage to be restored. You're waiting for a breakthrough. And you're wondering, waiting on God to fulfill the promises that he has told you. Listen, my brothers and sisters, don't be afraid to ask God the things that bother you. It's okay to ask God. You can ask your earthly father, so why not you ask your heavenly father? Amen. A lesson of faith must be learned that God's will will be fulfilled in God's way and in God's timing. God's will will be fulfilled his way and his timing, not our way 
and not our timing. God does not operate on our timetable or according to our, our schedule. God works according to his timetable and if you believe that, can I hear an amen? And if you don't believe that, can I hear an amen? Thank you. When you are in trouble, you must learn to ask God. Number one, you ask God. Number two, you must learn to listen to God. You must learn to listen to God. Look at verse, listen to verse four. Verse four, brother. And behold, mm. the word of the Lord came unto him saying, mm. this shall be thine hair, mm. but he shall not come forth out of thine, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine hair. Amen. When we ask God questions, I want you to pay attention very carefully to what I'm going to say now. When we ask God questions, we must learn to listen for answers. God will answer if we listen. If you're not going to listen, God will not answer. Many times we ask God something and we fail to listen because he does not answer us in the way we expect him to answer. Number one. Number two, sometimes we don't wait for the answer. We ask God a question and we run out of the door he has no chance to answer us because we are not waiting. We run away. I want to share something about it. Many of you have asked God some questions. Am I right? You have asked God. And God says, for example, I'm going to speak in today's service for you. Today, you go to church, I will speak to you. And what happens? Suddenly, God gives the word to the man of God even before the service starts. If you see in today's scripture... Before the, verse, the, the service start. But what we do, we walk in coolly. And we, have, we have spoken to God. God, I want your word. And God says the word is going to be given even not in the message. Before the message starts. And you miss the word. Because you have taken your cool time and walked in. Suddenly, you are in a hurry to leave God's house. Because there's something very important. The food must not get cold. You leave. And suddenly at the end of the service, as the man of God comes in closing, that is your time for your word. You lose your word again. So you have to be very attentive. Be attentive. If you notice in today's worship also, God was ministering to us. That's the reason we, we, we repeatedly say, do not be late. You can miss your word. And it can be your word during a time of worship. It can be your word at the opening of the message. It could be your word at the closing of the message. But for some reason, we are not there. And then you ask, why haven't you answered? And God says, you were not there when I spoke. It reminds me, when I was growing up as a little child, I would ask my parents a question. And they would give me an answer that I did not like at all. Therefore, I refused to listen to them. And I go away. There are other times when I will ask my parents for something. Thinking that I knew their answer. I would run out of the door before I could even hear them speak to me. Have you done that when as children? Nobody has been a child. Oh, all straight away. My. There are other times that I would still. There are times that I will ask my parents a question. I will run out of the door. Because I do not want to hear the answer that they have for me. I remember that as a little boy, before my mother can tell me what to buy, I'm gone. I go to the shop and I, what did she tell me? And believe me, I, I never even had a bicycle. I had to walk all that distance, 20 minutes, and come say, what did you tell mama? And I get whacking for that. You don't listen, my mother used to tell me. Don't we do the same to God? We ask him, we ask him, but we do not want to listen. Or we do not have the time. We don't have the patience to listen to him because we want God to work in our timetable, not his timetable. If you have a questioning concerning God's promise, ask him, wait, listen. Abraham was offering God now a solution. Now Abraham's coming and he says, I think I can offer a solution. Maybe this man can be an heir to my thing. And God had to tell him, he is not going to be your heir. Your heir is going to come from your own bowels. That's what the promise was there. God was saying, don't try to give me solutions. Many of us, we, we give God solutions. We tell God how to run our business. 
Do you remember how you, do you have children who come to you and say, Daddy, Daddy, say yes, say yes. And you'll say, for what? No, no. If you say yes, then I will tell you what I want. You remember that? How many of you got your children coming and asking you, Daddy, say yes, say yes, say yes. First you say yes, then I will tell you. And Daddy says, no, 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 no. You, I want to tell this. And I was thinking while I was preparing this message, I thought my son will be ashamed if I tell this. My son did this to me when he was a little kid. It's Samuel sitting down here. We were very small. He was very small. He did it. And it never worked. But now he has found a different way to get things out of me. My son comes with a story. And when Samuel starts with a story, I know he's going to ask me something. And I keep telling him. I tell even the mother. He's sorry for using this word. I say he's trying to con me. That's what I say. And Samuel will come with such a beautiful story. He will describe the thing so beautiful after describing it. For example, a telephone. He wanted a telephone. And he described the telephone so nice to me. And I said, son, how much it will cost? He says, Papa, it will cost uh, 80 real. I said, son, I was about to buy you a phone only for 30 real. But I can't afford 80 real. He says, don't worry, Papa. You just give me the 30 real. I will get salary and I will put the money together. He conned me so nicely. And I felt sad. I said, okay, why give him a 30 real phone? Because I'm, I'm using a cheap phone. But anyway, he got his way. I gave the 30 real. I've never seen the phone still. <laughs> this is truth. And last week I asked him, son, where's that phone, son? Papa, I had to use it for my fees. Papa, I had to do that. We do the same to God. God, if you bless me with this, I will do this. And then God comes to you and says, son... I blessed you. What have you done? And then we say, God, I had that project, you know. I had this project. I had to send it here, Lord. So I could not do it. The next time you bless me with some money, I will do this, which, which I promised you. We do the exact. No, don't, please don't go and worry me, okay? I pray that you will not do that. When you ask God, listen to God. And the next thing you need to do, look to God. You ask God, you listen, and then you look to God. Look at verse 5. And he says, he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Now I want to give you a warning. Please pay attention. There's a warning here. When you start looking inward, yes, sister, press that slide. When you start looking inward, you, you will be disappointed with yourself sometimes. I tried to do this, I tried to do that, I could not do it. You want to achieve something and when you look inward, you will only be dis disappointed. But if you look down, you look at the people below you, you will be discouraged to see what's happening below you. You will be totally discouraged. And when you start looking around you, you will get worried. Do you know how many of us are getting worried with what's happening right around us? Especially the job crisis that are taking place the problems that are taking place in all the Gulf countries, everywhere chaos, and you are getting worried, will it ever come to Oman? You're so scared, will it ever come to my house? Will it ever touch me? You are worried. But if you look up, you will be empowered to become encouraged. You will be empowered to be encouraged. Can I hear an amen? amen. Sometimes we look for answers all in the wrong places. God says, look up. Don't give up. Abraham was about to give up on God because he could not see a child coming to life from a dead womb of his wife. He was not able to see that dead womb giving life and he was about to give up. But God now had to come to him and tell him things. The next point is, when you look to God, you need to believe in God. You need to believe. We look but many of us do not believe because we start believing in our own strength, not in the power of God. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, and he believed in, believed the, Lord. in the Lord. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. And, it, and see, see, that faith, he believed in God. See what the Bible says. And he, and he counted it to Thank him you. And he credited it to him for righteousness. So your faith will make you righteous also. Amen? Your faith in God. God says, I see righteousness in you. Fear and worry is nothing but the lack of faith. Abraham leaned completely on God's promises. As a result of that faith, 
God counted him as righteous. Amen. We are made right with God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Can I hear an amen? amen. When we face unfulfilled, unfulfilled promises, only God and God alone can reassure us of his promise. Amen. Are you willing to believe God completely for the situation that you are now in? Are you willing? Completely? Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. What if you are in a situation that you have heard some bad news that the doctors have said about you? What do you do? Will you come to church and worship God or will you run somewhere seeking for counsel? If you said, I will believe in God completely. I want you to put yourself to the test. God, if anything is to happen to me, I will put my hope and my faith in you first. You remember Pastor Abraham once said that he says that he testified even before it could happen. My third point is reassurance of God's purpose. We see in God's presence, number one. We see in God's promise, number two. And number three, God's purpose. Verses 7 to 18. Let us look at the scriptures. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees Amen. to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three year old, and she goat of three year old, and a ram of three year old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took it, and he took unto him all these. And divided them in the midst, and laid each piece, each against another, but the birds he divided not. And when the fowl came, and when the fowl came down upon the carcass, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep <coughs> fell upon Abraham, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abraham, Know of surely that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land, and that is not, thine, not theirs, and shall serve him, and he shall affect, afflict them four hundred years. Also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out of great substance. And thou shalt go to thy father in peace, and shall be buried in a good old age. But the fourth generation shall come hither again, for iniquity of the Amorites shall not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp had passed between those pieces. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed shall I give this land, and the rivers of Egypt, and, the, and a great river, the river Ephrates. Amen. Amen. I have a small suggestion. In case if you're having a Bible, in case if you're having a Bible, try not to look at the screen. The reason is sometimes when you have your own Bible, God will give you your word. So you can underline it. If you're reading from the screen, you will think I will go back and I will think the enemy will snatch it away. So be very careful when the reading is taking place. Watch, go through the reading so that you will receive your word. The word that has been lost for a long time will be revealed to you in Jesus' name. Now, why did God say all this? And if you look at verse 8, it says, look at verse the, the first part. Whereby shall I know that I shall inherit this? This was the thing that Abraham was having. God has to reassure Abraham of his purpose of him that God reassured him three things. I want to show you three things that God reassures Abraham of. Number one. He reminded Abraham where he brought him from and why he brought him out. Where he brought him from and why he brought him out. Look at verse 7. Look at the second part B. I am the God, Lord, that brought thee out of earth. Have you seen that? It is I who brought you. You did not come out, Abraham. I have taken you. Abraham was brought out because God's love. And mercy was there for him to take him to a special place. Brethren, 
God brought us all out from a life of sin into a life of joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want you to say this to yourself now. Number one, God brought me out from death to bring me into life. Tell your neighbor that. Where God has brought him out from. Now I want you a loud amen for that. If you say amen, it will be a portion. If you don't say amen, please, I will not say the answer to that. God brought us out from sin, from death, and into life in Christ Jesus. And that will be your portion in Jesus' name. I want you to now ponder over it. I want you to... How many of you like imagining? We all like, no? Oh, wonderful. No. I want you to go on a small trip, 30 seconds, eh? not for one hour. I want you to think of the day when you were a child. Think of that. When you were a child of what you had and what you didn't have. Many of us, we had nothing. We had nothing. We even struggled at home. I remember even not even having a bicycle. He has given you everything that you have. He has given it to you. Look back from where he brought you. How many of us were in sin? Sin was everything that we wanted. We enjoyed sin. But I want you to look now. If you think of it also, you'll say, no, that's not my portion. God has brought us from such a far journey, given us everything we want and giving us still more. And still you are not, he's not finished with you. You know that? He's not finished with you. He still has great things for you in Jesus' name. The second point, he informed Abraham of future events. Number one, he showed him why he took him the purpose, and now he's telling him, I'm going to reveal. When you learn to have faith in God, God starts to reveal future to you. Thank you. Look at verse 13. Abraham, know of surely that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land mm. that is not theirs, mm. and he shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. Now, if you look very carefully, God said to Abraham, I'm about to tell you certain things that are going to happen, Abraham, but don't worry. Those things will not happen till you are dead and buried. The seed, your seed, is going to be strangers in a strange land. And they are going to be afflicted. For 400 years, they will be afflicted. But Abraham, don't worry. I will bring them out in a mighty hand. And the nation that troubles them I will punish them. Do you know what that means to us? God is telling, don't worry where you are. No matter what your office's staffs are doing to you, no matter how much they try to push you down, pull you down, but when I bring you out, I'll bring you out with great substance. With great stuff. No matter what you're going through, but when you're going out, you will come out with great substance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me sh share with you something that the Bible said that was going to happen in the future and it's already started. It's already started. Number one, time of deception has already begun. And this time of deception began long time. But now it's taking, it's taking, it's become birth and it's manifesting in a bigger way. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 24 to 25, the Bible says... And there shall be, there shall be there, yes. for there shall arise false Christ mm. and false prophets. Where are number one? What is going to arise? False Christ. First, we see there's going to arise false Christ. Now, where will this false Christ start from? Do you know where they start from? In the church. The church. They will start off in a very nice way. They will be righteous people or pretending to be righteous people, but somewhere down the line slowly the enemy takes control of them or they come they are sent forth into the church to act as good but they are wolves in sheep's clothing and they are within the body of christ so that's the reason it's very important to pray for a discerning spirit yes my brother continue and false prophets mm. and secondly false prophets also will be within the congregation they will not start in the world they will start from within yes and shall show great signs mm. and wonders, insomuch 
that if it be possible, mm. they shall deceive the very elect. Now, who will be deceived first? These false Christ and false prophets will first attack the leadership in the church. That they will look, show themselves so convincing that the leadership will say, here is a man of God, there is a woman of God. And unknowingly, if not careful to discern, that person will slowly be put into leadership. And then from there on they go and they start to devour the sheep. Look at the chaos that is happening in all the churches. They lie, they cheat, have false appearance and people run to them. I'm so surprised to see people going and asking these prophets, what's going to be my future? From bread of life. From bread of life. Not anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere else. From within this church, they have gone to people and said, tell me my future. I wish they could come to me. Hmm. I'll give them a good future. Hallelujah. It's sad. It is sad. Second thing, time of degradation is taking place. Look at the state. Total corruption. Everywhere you see there is corruption. Look at our governments. Totally corrupted. Everywhere around us. In these days... Now it started, the same sex. See, same sex was there before also. You know that? Mm. But now they're doing it openly. Mary is getting married to Gita. Mm. John is getting married to Matthew. Mm. And who's ordaining them? Pastors ordaining them. Mm. Lesbian pastors, mm. homosexual pastors, priests, everywhere. The church is now filled. Now they've got homosexual church. Do you know that? Mm. Can you imagine the state of homosexual church? I want to share something with you. While preparing this message a few nights ago, I said, okay, let me go and see what is deception. And I started to, to go into YouTube. And I was shocked to see that the pastor saying, women, sorry to say this, this is happening. Women should come to church without undergarments so that the presence of the Lord shall fall upon you. If you, don't, if you have undergarments, his presence won't fall in you. See the state of the church. This was a church in Kenya. And it's happening everywhere. Don't say, no, it's oh, Kenya, not my church, not our, my land, not Nigeria, oh, thank God, not India. No, 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 it's happening. There's another church I've seen, women dancing in, in, in front of the choir with dress so short, their legs are so high. The legs are lifted up forward, lifted up backward. How will people worship like that? The state of the church, one more. Another place I seen, the man of God asked all of them to lie on the ground and he's walking on top of them and he made one woman stand, lie on the ground. He came from this distance, ran and he jumped with both his legs on top of her, received the anointing. I don't know what type of anointing is that. Deception taking place in the body of Christ and, and I can hear the background beautifully they are worshipping God. Now don't think how oh, blood of life is safe. <laughs> don't think. It can penetrate anywhere if we are not vigilant. And if we are not careful. Another one. I'm frightening you. You know this insect killer? He's praying it on the woman and saying, receive the anointing with insect killer. What a state that is. What a state that the body of Christ has gone to. That's the state that is... If it's out there, it's coming in here. We have to be careful to close our doors. We have to be careful to be on our knees. God, let it not penetrate our lives. Next one. Luke chapter 17 verses 26 to 29. But because of time, we will not read it. Demonic activities are taking place so much everywhere. Everywhere. We see that the devil is prowling around, looking who he can devour. The devil, the devil is all out to take. I want you to be very careful, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to share something. Please don't be offended if I tell you this. Many in our church these days are not eager to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But they are running after some other spirit. They want something else to fill them. They want to feel high, especially the young generation. They think, let us try this. 
This will make us high. These people in church talk about the Holy Spirit. Maybe if I take a little of this, that will make me high for one hour. There's nothing. Everything is deception. I want to warn you. Be eager to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, some other spirit will try to take control of you. What does the Bible say? I'm not frightening you. If the body is cleansed and kept pure, and then he goes around and he sees that you are not filled with the presence of God, he will say, beautiful place to live. If you're sleeping, say amen. Thank you. My last point, I want to close. He entered into a covenant relationship with Abraham. Now God is entering a covenant relationship with Abraham. Look at Genesis 15 verses 9 and 10 and verse 18. Genesis 15, 9 and 10 and verse 18. Yes, my brother. And he said unto him, Mm. Take an heifer of three years old Mm. and a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he came... And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst Mm. and laid each piece one against another, but the birds he divided not. Verse 18. In verse 18. In the same day. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, unto thy seed I have given this land from the river of Egypt until the great river, the river Euphrates. Euphrates. What we see here is in biblical times called the cutting of a covenant. What you see here, which is, which is written here, is called the cutting of a covenant. The animals were killed and then they were split into two halves. One half was placed on the left hand side. One half was placed on the right hand side. And the people who are making a covenant, whatever be the covenant, whatever be the contract, these two people will walk between these two halves and they will recite the covenant. That's what it's talking about. But we want you to, I want to show you something. The cutting of the covenant was taking place between these two people. And at the end of the covenant, these two people will recite something together. Let happen to me what happened to the animal if I break this covenant. That's what the people of Israel were doing. When they made a covenant, they said, if I break this covenant, let me be cut into half. Because I have broken this covenant. The only way to break the covenant is only through death. I want you to notice, look at verse 17. I want you to see this part, verse 17. He says, and who is one minute, brother? Who is walking between these two cover, these two pieces of animals? We want to see who is walking. Yes, read seventeen. And it came to pass that mm. when the sun went down. Now the sun went down. It was dark. Mm-hmm. Behold, a smoking furnace. Now we, yeah, behold, they they see a smoking furnace and and a burning lamp. And now a burning lamp that passed between those two pieces. You see that Abraham was not alone. God was there making the covenant and it was God who was passing between both the halves of them. At this very time, it says, if you look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13, I'll read it quickly. For when God made promises to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So we know for sure it was God who was making this covenant. Men often make covenant with someone greater, but since it was God, he made the promise with him. I have, now I want to ask you a question. Have you made a covenant with God? What about the day when you got saved? You made a covenant with God. Am I right? We remember pastor saying of the covenant that he made. Now I want you to be honest, okay? It's not to find fault. If you have made a covenant with God, can I see your hands? When you got saved, God, I'm going to live a righteous life. I'm going to live a holy life. I will serve you all the days of my life. I will never sin against you. Can I see your hands? If you made a covenant. So the rest who are not raising hands, you have never made a covenant with God at all. Okay, thank you. Put your hands down. Now, when, when you pray to God and ask God for something and you said, God, if you bless me, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. Correct? You made covenants. Now, the question is, have you broken your covenant with God? God has not broken his covenant with you. Can you hear an amen? Can I call the choir quickly? God has not broken his covenant with you. But have you broken your covenant with God? Come choir. I want to conclude. The day of our salvation. 
we all made promises to God. God, I will serve you. I will walk before you. I will be a faithful witness to you. Now the question is, have you been faithful to God or unfaithful to God? I would like the church to stand. We're going to worship the Lord with this song. He is great. And before we could start, when you need assurance of God's presence in your life, when you need assurance of God's promise in your life, when you need God, assurance of God's purpose in your life, only God and God alone can do it. Amen. You are great. Yes, you are. Holy one. Yes, you are. Work upon the sea. You raise the dead. You reign, you reign, you reign in majesty. Mighty God. Everything, everything written about you. You are great. Holy one. Holy one. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You reign in majesty, mighty God. Everything, yeah, everything written about you. You are great. about you is great lord we pray that your word will have a a part and a place firmly rooted in our hearts in the name of jesus
Lord, let your presence go with us. Cause your promises to be fulfilled in our lives. Lord, let your purpose find pleasure in our hearts and find fulfillment in our lives. Bless us with the spirit of faith to believe you in all things and for all things. To live our lives in worship, in obedience, living for you and you alone in the name of Jesus. And we take grace today that in battle we shall not be exhausted. We shall not turn back in the day of battle, but we shall see your glory established in victories all the days of our lives. We go in your name, and we go in your power, and we return with testimonies. Thank you, Father, for blessing us today. Your servant that has blessed us, Lord, replenish him, spirit, soul, and body in the name of Jesus. Let deeper truths come to him that he may share with us in the days ahead. We pray for leadership that what is going on in town, contrary to your will for your church, shall not find a way into this congregation in the name of Jesus. We stand against it and say no to it in the name of Jesus. It shall not enter our homes. It shall not enter our children. It shall not enter our destiny. We shall not be corrupted in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Let's share the grace in fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. As we pray, the Lord will answer us.